0: One, two, three, four. 2 3 we for loser pull talking to you i'm the Brian Sheeran how are you sir Troy Cook how are you what the hell's going on? I'm looking at a picture of a van in the middle of nowhere. What are you doing?
1: I'm on tour. <laughs> I'm on the tour to nowhere.
0: I love that, dude. That sounds that sounds great. In 2020,
1: it really does. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a little bit sketchy. I'm not I'm not super cavalier about uh rolling into towns <laughs> with high COVID rates, but uh had to yeah. had to get out of uh, my apartment after months of being cooped up, so we're I got a good buddy that I've known uh got most of my life and uh two of us are rolling around to national parks and uh trying to stay stay away from people
0: (laughs) wow (laughs) unless you
1: you consider jack daniels a person (laughs) (laughs) so you're
0: doing a tour of national parks
1: i mean yeah loosely we've kind of hit some we've kind of hit some uh in california and uh now we're just making our way across and seeing some people so just getting out and about who's your friend my friend, George, I've known probably since I was about six years old, seven years old. So we have a lot to, uh, to laugh and break each other's balls about.
0: Have you done anything like this before?
1: Yeah, the two of us have actually traveled before. Um, we traveled to Costa Rica, and then we packed up and went to Peru for a month uh, a couple of years ago. And the, the good thing is he's former military, so uh, and then I'm a former idiot in a band. So the two of us travel <laughs> really light. I mean, we're, we're uh-huh. jumping on planes with you know backpacks and nothing else. So, um, so it's been good in that way. We're both used to traveling light.
0: I'm checking out uh, again, your picture of the van that you sent me. And it's also on your, your Instagram. You're documenting all of this on your Instagram at Brian Sheeran.
1: Yeah. I mean, kind of loosely, my pictures are really (laughs) random. I don't, I don't say where they're from or what the, what the photos are of. (laughs) I just kind of snap stuff that catches my eye.
0: I noticed that about you. Yeah. And not a lot of pictures of you and just random. I'm looking at a donkey on here. I'm looking at a cow.
1: Yeah. The donkey was, uh, the donkey was by Maynard's, uh, Maynard's Vineyard Store, the Caduceus Wineries. We stopped there. Uh, my, my friend George is a big tool fan. I'm also a big tool fan. So we made it to Jerome, Arizona and uh, popped into the shop and uh, he grabbed a bottle of wine. And while he was doing that, I was walking around the town uh, to snap photos and stuff. So that was one of the weird things I saw.
0: Oh, cool. Okay. So that's Maynard's uh, winery.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Maynard was not in.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> He's also got a wicked vinyl, vinyl record store there, too. There's like a uh, Pucifer shop and the Caduceus shop right next to each other on the same street. So.
0: Gotcha. So how long have you been on the road? Uh, this will release uh, the first week of December, but right now we are a day away from Halloween. Uh, when did you start this escapade?
1: we started late our ex- excursion. We started excursion. our excursion, uh, maybe a week, week ago or so. I mean, I, I, I still have to kind of be ready, uh, ready to figure out if I'm going to work in California, if, if, uh, things lighten up and, uh, and we can, uh, get back to work safely, or if I'm, I'm going to just kind of extend the trip until I figure out where I want to set some roots down. So we'll, we'll see where it's at. I mean, right now I've kind of got a, a place, uh, in California that I can go back to, but yeah Uh, we're 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 playing it by year.
0: how fun i'm envious
1: yeah you know it's funny i i hear that a lot and i think um you know i've kind of always lived my life on
0: uh
1: kind of on the edge of of what i'm gonna do next for the next dollar and and i think uh if anything I, i was working really hard this last year i was actually a director at a hotel as director of food and beverage so i had a whole department and a few dozen people that um i managed and uh I mean, it was as good a job as you can get if you have a job. I just, I don't think I'm cut out for jobs, man. I think, right. <laughs> I, think I need right. to do other things in life. Totally. I did a year, and then uh, when the pandemic struck, it was pretty obvious that uh, there, w- there wasn't going to be a restaurant, so without a restaurant, without restaurant employees, there isn't going to be a director food and beverage, so um, right. I kind of just got back into surfing, and uh, not that I'm any good at it, but uh, it's something that I, <laughs> I love to do, pal out there and get beat up by the waves. And then uh, just kind of got into the things I'm into and read a ton of books and started hatching plans for uh, uh, writing a book and uh, getting a podcast going and then trying to get back into some music. So I'm fortunate I've got some people sending me music now on the road and uh, I'm going to go through it and try, and try and write some lyrics and melodies and, and hopefully slap some stuff together and we'll see where all that goes. But I, I just kind of want to put my time into uh, creative stuff and, and figure out the money later.
0: Rad, you seem to be a very passion-driven guy,
1: right? Yeah, I'm a, a, a fool, I think, is the word you're searching for. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I think we're similar in a lot of ways. I mean, you mentioned jobs, and I've never been a job guy either, like not to sell myself as like some lazy fuck, but I've worked a lot of shitty jobs in my life, and I've concluded that there's just more to life, you know? Like be, there's, there's just other purposes and, and passions in life, and... I feel like COVID has really sort of brought that into focus for a lot of people. I mean, for me and clearly for you, bro.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think a lot of people have kind of had a chance to reflect on what they're doing. And, right. um, uh, you know, look, I, I, I probably have the most money saved that I've ever had. So, uh, on awesome. I've, I've never, never had, I've never had a big need for tons of cash to keep, keep myself fed. So right. um, I'm in pretty good shape to be out figuring things out right now. Um, so that's cool. I mean, the timing on that worked out, but I don't like to see people suffer, and I definitely want I want this thing to kind of resolve uh, sooner than later, like everybody else.
0: Yeah, you're getting around. You're getting to different states. Is it similar everywhere? I mean, how many states have you been to?
1: I mean, we're probably in our third or f- third or fourth state, maybe fifth state. Um, I mean, people for the most part, I'm seeing people wearing masks and that type of thing. And and look, dude, I I don't know if that's stopping. I I wear one just to be courteous and and because I figure it's not hurting me at all to wear one. And if and if that didn't help at all, well, big deal. Then I wore a mask for a right. year or two. You know, I figure error on the side of caution there. Totally. Um, there there are some people that are kind of cavalier, and I I just don't think it's something to be cavalier about. I mean, I, I know a couple people that have that have passed away with COVID. So I mean, it's. Wow. it's it's a legit thing and uh, you know just because you're young and healthy and, and don't have any fear and you're ten feet tall and bulletproof doesn't mean you should be putting other people at risk
0: right think think yeah. of the
1: grandmas you know yeah where, where we where are we gonna get our fresh baked cookies if we kill all the grandmas <laughs>
0: That's a great perspective. I've, I've kind of always, and pre-existing conditions, you know, unfortunately my wife had heart surgery and she has high blood pressure. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sharing that mindset with you. And I think the majority of people are, um, except for the mainstream media maybe.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. And that's, you know, that's a great thing about traveling and not, I'm not really, my friend and I, I'm kind of like scan a headline here and there, but we're really not dialed into... Right on. to basically all the you know they're pushing fear and they're pushing division on all these new sites and it's like do you need yep. that in your life you know if you are driving around and talk to people in the local towns like everybody everybody needs shelter and food and sleep and and something to do and, and family i mean it doesn't matter whether you're here or, or overseas or anywhere on earth it's the same basic need so to try and say that we're all to try and make us different and pit us against each other is really not uh that's that's not a really healthy thing
0: Right. It's a weird game we're playing here in this country. huh? I don't quite get it. I don't understand. Maybe it's uh, ulterior motives, obviously, from uh, politicians and billionaires. But uh, I don't understand how we just can't unite and get along.
1: Uh, look, <laughs> it doesn't I make sense. Out, something I figured out being broke a long time ago is, is super broke people and super wealthy people both have the luxury of plenty of time. So <laughs> you, you can yeah. have that, you can have that. And if you're near a mountain or an ocean or, or, uh, some kind of spectacle, I mean, that's part of what we're seeing, redwood trees and grand canyons and, yeah. and, uh, you know, uh, kind of spectacular in nature. And, uh, it's, yeah. it's good to get out and do that and kind of remind yourself that we're, we're very small specks in this whole thing.
0: Right. That's gotta be extremely therapeutic for you. I would imagine.
1: Yeah. You know what else is therapeutic? This podcasting business. Now, now we've had right. a couple false starts. Uh, we had some technical failures. Um, when I say we, I mean me and George are kind of going to do one, uh, f- a few of these while we're out on our trip, and they're a lot of fun, and uh, it's a, it's a good format. Um, and it's funny, I, I've kind of mentioned to people that I'm going to do that, and 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 no one has said that's a crazy idea. So apparently, <laughs> people people think I'm well suited for uh, for talking at great lengths and, and listening.
0: Yeah, you are. Yeah, you absolutely are. I definitely recommend that. And I'm here to help you out uh, in any way I can. Uh, Yeah, podcasting is therapeutic. It's a fun sort of therapy session in a lot of ways, dude. And, uh, you know, 2020 lacking human interaction and and contact. I think it's needed more than ever. I mean, we have a following, but for me and you to sit here and chat about, you know, some cool shit and music and what you're doing is, is totally fun.
1: We should probably talk about music. We already we've already wasted <laughs> <laughs> We've already shot through 10 minutes talking about current events. That's
0: a good segue. I mean, it's just crazy how far we've come since January. I saw you at House of Blues backstage at our uh, Palapalooza Presents Live and Local. Yeah, Your boys fishing for chips were up on stage. Who I was chatting with Mitch. He's a, he's one of my friends that actually calls me every once in a while. So I was chatting with him the other day and I know that I understand that you guys are pretty close, right?
1: Yeah. No, I don't know Mitch that well, but I really like Mitch. He, he's got great energy. I've seen him perform a couple times. times. The guy that I know from that, that uh, group is Joe. Joe was my executive chef um, and he is still the executive chef. He's the, he's the one uh, l- sole remaining person in my department at the, at the hotel. So he's, he's still working away <laughs> probably too okay. much, but yeah, that we went down there to check out Mitch's gig and we know Larry and uh, there's a lot of uh, hard rock hotel, people involved in, in that scene there, so we were happy to go and party, and as a bonus that your band was playing. There was another band, uh, what's the name of that band? Aviator Stash. That's,
0: Aviator Stash.
1: <laughs> I remember those guys having a really tight uh, rhythm section, and it turned out, uh, that it got back to me that the drummer was a pretty big mower fan, so I <laughs> yeah. And, I, yeah, I grabbed him and, and bought a few beers, and uh, we, nice. we exchanged, exchanged some beers and some laughs and stuff. He was a really cool guy, and and uh, was just just trying to make sure that you know sometimes you meet people that you like their bands and their their tools and I didn't wanted him to have a good experience because I have I have been there.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. I, I totally get that. Uh, Mower, let's talk about it. I think you listened to Zach uh, Goodie's episode, right, of Spoons, So I'm kind of
1: I, I kind of tuned into a few. I listened to Zach's, uh, and yeah. I had been I had been talking to Zach, um, and and that's how I, I reached out to you to see. I wasn't doing much i did another another interview for another podcast and figured yeah this would be fun to do i yeah. also listened to the lucy's fur coat uh, yeah. episode which i, I really like because i was a big fan of lucy's fur coat so it's kind of cool hearing some of those stories
0: absolutely man when was mower active
1: yeah i want to say 95 i think we registered the trademark for from 95 on and then um yeah. And then we did toward till about 2010. And then we had started up slower. I, I uh, kind of stepped out of that. They, that became more of like a cover band and a corporate band. So those guys continued that. I mean, I, I don't, I think up until almost present day, they were doing slower. Um, and then Mower came back for a couple reunion shows. We did a reunion show at House of Blues 2013. That was, that was a nice sold out night. And then we Actually, somebody got wind of that in Colorado. They flew us out to Colorado Springs. We did that show, and then I think it was it was a bit before we played again. We played the last show we played was with Pod. There was a uh, grand opening at the Harley Davidson uh, over on Marina Drive, so it was oh, it wow. was kind of like a nice a nice last show to do. I think there was about seven thousand people there,
0: wow. and uh,
1: we had a good set. Uh, Pod had a great set, good time, and I think that probably closes the book on more right right now. Dominic. Uh, Dominic, the other singer, mower. I actually just yeah. saw him the other night. We stopped up in Berkeley. He just re- relocated to Berkeley. He is going to be pursuing a law career up there, so he's uh, going to be studying at Berkeley. Wow, uh, Berkeley University. Uh, we got a, a nice tour of the campus the other day with him, and I got to see his his growing Fat Records vinyl collection, because they're <laughs> located up there. Um, cool. Yeah. So I, I think that's that. Like I said, I don't. I couldn't see us coming back together. I just don't. I don't see that happening. And, and you know, Dominic also had uh, a vocal cord surgery and stuff. So I don't know that that type of oh, screaming wow. and everything would be would be good for him. Anyhow, so so if you didn't if you didn't see it, you missed it. Yeah.
0: Right. I feel like you can only scream like that for a certain amount of years. Right. I imagine,
1: imagine any kind of singing. You only do it for so long. Oh, I wasn't. I would have lasted three months if I, I got a vocal coach after my first tour, or I wouldn't have even lasted three months. My my voice was going out every other show. So until I, I learned to sing properly and get you know some breath support and, and do exercises, um, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have even had the little crappy career that I had if I didn't get some assistance early on.
0: So you and Dominic were the main singers of Mower. you guys keep in touch? It seems like
1: yeah yeah no no i i usually grab uh i was grabbing you know lunch or coffee or something with Dominic you know once or twice a month. He's been really busy though you know he jumped back into school and uh crazy he's done really well with it i mean he he uh kept kept uh four grade point average got accepted to a bunch of different colleges and now uh you know awesome. he'll he'll be an attorney before too long there's no doubt in my mind so and it's it's been inspiring to see him kind of focus on something um and and like i say, I'm kind of trying to focus back on doing the things that I think I should be doing. So
0: will Dominic still rock the Mohawk as an attorney?
1: He is currently, he might
0: be the Mohawk (laughs) lawyer at some point. That could be a a brilliant fucking marketing uh, strategy (laughs) for him, dude. Yeah. He's actually, he's getting to some really,
1: you know, the, the, the law that he's getting into is basically water and and, uh, land management. So he's, he's going to be helping protect uh, how, how we use our water and who, and who, you know who's able to use it and where it gets diverted to and all that type of stuff, and that is a big issue in California. So, hats off to Dominic. I am I I'm am a huge Dominic Moscatello fan.
0: Right on, dude. Yeah. And who were the other members? We might as well shout them out. Who were some of the OG guys?
1: Myself, Dominic, and Chris McCready would be the third. Chris. he was the bass player. Yeah, um, I remember Chris. That was the core, and uh, and sadly it was kind of like a Spinal Tap rotating <laughs> cast of, of uh, drummers and guitar players. But you know, like the the other. The other uh, must mentions are uh, Alex and Ryan Toth, who are the father and son team that started Mower with uh, myself and Chris, and those would be the other guys to mention. Um, you know, but there's, there's a host. It's funny, I've actually been in touch with the rest too. Matt Wanamaker play guitar, uh, Stone, the Stone play guitar. I saw the two of them before I left. I saw Ryan, and uh, there was another cat. Yeah, there's been a bunch of cats. So those are the guys that, that need mentioning.
0: When I think of mower, it brings me back to I want to say mid two thousands. I had a band Twenty Year Fix. We were kind of punk rock, and uh, I think we played a couple shows with you guys. I know we played with Slower, and we got to shout out Keith McBean, a uh, mutual friend of ours. I think you lived with him for a while, right?
1: Yeah, I saw Keith uh, before I left. Keith is now busy with a one and a half year old, in addition to the probably 18 or 19 or 20 year old that he that he already had so he's right
0: uh, sailor he's
1: a proud papa and a businessman so he's he's busy i don't know if if our bands ever played together when we when i started up audio addiction with keith and uh that's right johnny crittenden yeah but that was uh, that was the band that i did uh after mower for a couple years
0: that's right i'm glad you mentioned that uh i think i saw you guys open up for unwritten law at the cows
1: We did do a show with Unwritten Law. Actually, the stop after Dominic was to visit PK. Uh, PK wasn't in Unwritten Law for that particular show, but he was in Unwritten Law for years and years during kind of their their heyday. Right. Um, And I stopped to see him. His wife um, runs a a vineyard, um, Marcelet Vineyards, up in Placerville. And Pat is tattooing. So he's uh, tattooing a Hangman tattoo in Placerville. So two of them are. Are also being very creative. They gifted uh, gifted us a couple of bottles of wine to take with us, and uh, those are those were quickly <laughs> dispatched. Consumed. dispersed. Yeah, with yeah. <laughs> the Cobb cob Frank was really good. We had that with steaks <laughs> on our little propane grill the other night. So, so thank you, thank you, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Kim.
0: There you go, nice dude. When you look back on the mower era, what are your thoughts? I mean, uh, I asked you if you were in a band, and honestly, the answer you gave me. It uh, didn't seem like you were too motivated to get back in the you know music scene and get a band together.
1: Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm hyper motivated to make music. I'm not really interested in necessarily a band setup, right? Um, and I, get I don't it. know exactly what that means. I, look, man, I'm, <laughs> I'm not I'm not the easiest cat to get along with, I guess, and I recognize that in myself. And right. and I think uh, if I had bailed on mower a little bit earlier and got into something like audio addiction, I, I might have uh, I might have made put out a lot more music. So. Um, but whatever, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. looking forward at this stage of the game. I really don't – you know, I, I got some really cool – I got some cool posters and scars and uh, stories. And I'm, yeah. I'm going to tell the ones that need telling and it uh, will be fun to listen to and, uh, and see what happens going forward. I mean, there's, there's – I don't have any pressure on me at all so I can kind of make make music at my own leisure and I I have no delusions that it's going to be anything that's going to really support me. So I think I'd be doing it for all the right reasons. So I think that's that's kind of where I'm at in
0: life. Where do you foresee your new music going? Are are you going to be doing acoustic kind of stuff? What's that sound going to be like?
1: I don't know, man, because I don't... The only genre of music I don't like is that, like, new 2000s twangy country. I mean, I'm into everything (laughs) else. Yeah, Yeah, go from You name it, man. From from classical on up, you know. So I I don't really, as long as it's good, I wouldn't really care what genre it is, you know. And I, I still right. like heavy stuff. I'm, I'm, you know, new music. It's funny because some of the bands that that are legacy bands that have been around twenty, thirty, forty, fifty years are still putting out good music. I mean, the last few records by Failure are insane. The last few records by Deftones are insane. Yeah. As far as new new music, I'm apparently I'm getting into kind of. Uh, British proto-punk I really like Idols and I like Bob Villain those are both uh, from the UK I think you'll probably be hearing about Idols uh, They, they oh, yeah. I miss them actually they came through and played at the observatory and I, unfortunately I really wasn't hip to them then yeah. but I wish I was uh, that, that's a pretty solid band putting out good music
0: yeah Idols is one of Tim Pyle's favorite bands he always shouts them out Tim Pyle's Tim Pyle's you listen to Tim Pyle's on the radio the mayor of local music. How's, how's your relationship with Tim Piles? I
1: like Tim Piles. Tim Piles and I have a long-running joke-slash-argument. I, uh, there was a point when Mower was going to break up. Um, I couldn't even tell you what year. So we were doing our final show at Winston's, and we, we were I was on Tim Piles' show a yeah. uh, 91X, and we're pumping it as the final show, this, that, and the other, and then next week we start playing more shows.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> so t-
1: Tim has been busting my balls constantly for about... 20 years now over that, but he's, he's a good guy.
0: He's a great guy, I man. I see Tim
1: at a lot of shows.
0: Yeah. I've had him on the podcast a couple of times. The mayor of local music host of uh, Loudspeakers Sunday night, seven to 10. So audio addiction versus mower. What, what was the, the appeal with audio addiction to go back to that? Was the two singer thing an issue? No,
1: you know, here's the funny thing. So, so I when I, I got to California from the East coast when I was about 20 or so. And I, I didn't have any intention of singing with another singer and, uh, Chris and Dominic showed up from Breckenridge, Colorado together. And I had already kind of started a version of mower with, uh, with the, uh, the totes, the two of them. So, uh, I, I wasn't really thinking that way, but Chris kind of, you know, he kind of persisted that we should try Dominic at a practice. And it was the, the minute we ran through the song, I was like, yeah, there's something here. So, I mean, there was no denying that. And, and I'm glad that, uh, you know, including my friendship to dominic i'm glad that that the band uh, had two singers it was at the time it was you know the beatles had two singers four singers kiss had two singers four singers so it's not a novel idea but it right. wasn't super popular in in metal and then you started seeing it everywhere i mean lincoln park was a great example of a successful band with two singers and yeah. you know 311 and so there, you know it was it was relatively novel and not and not a lot of people were doing it too well and honestly i don't know if we did it too well either but but we did it
0: I think you guys did. I think you complimented each other well. I feel like Dominic had that higher range, and you were yeah
1: barking my brains sort out. Sort
0: of that deeper register.
1: Yeah, I mean it worked. It definitely worked, and the energy was really good. I mean, uh, you know, if nothing else, it, we'll, we'll, our our legacy will probably be a great great live act. I don't think anybody could dispute that. So
0: no, not at all. And then,
1: you know, you were, you were kind of asking me to recap, more. I think out of three, three albums that we put out, I think you could probably call together one with, with No Filler, like a good nine or ten song record. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it'd be great to, to jump in the Wayback Machine and make that the one record, but uh, life doesn't work like that. So we got the three out, and, and uh, I'm, I'm super proud of two of them, and the last one was an experiment that, you know, you got to try things, man. <laughs> right.
0: All available, right, on- online on Spotify.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're all... You can go get them for nothing. You, we can get us our .002 cents per spin.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I kind of, you know, that that's not a decision I think I would have made, but um, we don't own the Masters to that, so they're out there for, for anybody to get.
0: Oh, who owns the Masters?
1: Um, record label for at least 25 years. That's Suburban Noise? Yeah, we. I mean, we own our publishing. If we wanted to go re-record all that stuff, we could. and Some bands do, but I, I don't think that's ever going to happen, so... You got yeah. what you got, man. should have been there when it happened. You missed it. And it's, it's never going to happen again.
0: Well, yeah, you guys were in the evolution of music. I mean, you started before mp3.com. You know, you guys were likely slinging cassettes and CDs back in the mid-90s, right?
1: We, we used to chart on mp3 on their, uh, I think they had a rep chord chart. And we were always in the, the top two and three, you know, top <laughs> one, two, three of the rep chord chart. Nice. A lot a lot of good that did us. Right. <laughs> I mean, dude, you, you know, for nothing else, we, we definitely had some experiences and we played with, uh, you know, we, we played and did shows with every big band in that decade for the 2000s. I mean, they're, they're, I I could bore you to death with all that. So as far as, you know, talking to a kid that's coming up that likes heavy music, you can definitely yeah. regale them with stories of the crazy crap you did. So.
0: What would some advice be for a little kid wanking in his, his bedroom listening to this?
1: Don't. Don't sign anything. Figure out how to do it on your own.
0: Yeah, in this day and age, that's pretty easy, right? Yeah, I mean,
1: I, you don't have the promotion. I mean, but the rea- the reality is, look, if you write an undeniable song, it's going to make its way out to people, period. So write songs that no one can deny sure. and don't worry about where the money's coming from and and don't worry about, you know getting loans and, and being indebted and all that type of stuff. And I mean, our situation wasn't that bad and we were relatively savvy and, and had attorneys look at stuff, but attorneys, you know, it is what it is, man. It's, right. it's definitely, you're definitely diving in with sharks and you've got to know that. And, uh, but the game has changed. It's, it's something where you can, you can probably put stuff out on your own. I mean, I'll, I'll find out. <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> I'll let you know how it is in today's
0: day and age. It's so unfortunate that, that has it has to be that way, that the music industry. You know, I talked with I had Sonny from P.O.D. on and he shared a similar mindset and advice and it's it sucks, dude. Yeah, almost anybody would. Almost
1: anybody that went through that machine, you know, from the seventies on out, and it got worse once once music went to C D and Digital, you're basically selling T shirts and bumper stickers. You're not even selling songs anymore. You know, you get whatever revenue you can get live. And that you know the, the good or sad thing about Mower was that we probably lasted five years longer than we should have because we were good at hustling merch on the road and we were good at making opportunities where there were none. Um, and I think that's you know you had at least three driven people at all times in that band, and myself, Chris and Dominic, and, and that really kept it you know it kept it afloat probably a lot longer than it could have or should have. But you know look i, I I'm I'm happy, I'm happy with uh, what I've done, and I'm, I'm looking forward to what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, at this point I I would just love to see, uh, some kind of sea change in music, but I think, and I don't know if it was always this way because your, your perspective changes, you know, going through your life, but it just seems like there's an overload of music. Like there's too much, like how do you, how do you even stay hip? Like if you're a Tim piles and that's your job, how the hell do you stay hip and really be into stuff when you only have 30 seconds to scan through a hundred bands that come across your desk? I mean, you go on Spotify, dude, you can go down a rabbit hole right. for days on Spotify trying to find new music or clicking the, you know, artists related to similar artists tab and finding, I mean, it's just like you're inundated with it.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. I feel like the music and the songs have almost become secondary to something else.
1: Yeah, they're like commercials for your merch.
0: Like it's multi-dimensional now, you know, you got to have videos, you got to have a story, you got to have the image.
1: I think that's always been. I mean, if you look back at the New York Dolls and Kiss and all that, there, you there's you know, you've got to a get a groundswell of people that are right that have made you their own you know there's always that first few thousand people that were into it before it was cool man and and then somebody comes in and sees that there's a you know there's a a flame there and they just throw gasoline all over it make a bunch of money off of you and then good luck yeah (laughs) hope you saved up some cash
0: (laughs) yeah not i love musicians i really do we speak a similar language i feel you know well you know it's
1: no matter what you're into, whether you're, whether you're into math or science or, or, you know, it's all languages, man. There's the math, the language of math or the language of science or the language of music. I mean, you're, there's a jargon to all of it and there's rules to all of it. And you, you've got to kind of communicate within the parameters of whatever field you're into. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, the point I was going to make though, is that, uh, they're, they're passion, they're passion driven, they're artists, and they're maybe not the most business savvy.
1: L- like I say, I think, I think we went into things knowing that we needed to look, you know, we look, we, we were in the era of the behind the musics and we had heard all the horror stories. So we went in pretty guarded and we, we didn't sign anything with having attorneys look at it and all that. But the reality is you're as good as your attorney and the contracts are as good as who has the most money to enforce them. So you may right. sign a great contract, but if you don't have thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to throw at an attorney to enforce it, the, you can wipe your ass with it. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So it is what it is and, and and like I say What it all comes back to At the end of the day If we wrote better songs We would have gone farther It's that simple and I, and I think some of our songs are great But at the end of the day Like You write Stairway to Heaven You're going places And we didn't write Stairway to Heaven right. <laughs> You know We, yep. we didn't write Stairway to the second floor <laughs> Where the vacuums and fucking ladies lingerie <laughs> <laughs> Is <laughs> wow well, well.
0: Totally true, yeah, and I think uh, bands lose track of that sometimes, yeah. But it is all about the songs. Uh, Suburban Noise. Did you leave on good terms with them?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, there was a lot of controversy with them publicly. That had nothing to do with mower. Just we kind of saw a lot of, a lot of. Uh uh, their core acts starting to accuse them of, of shadiness. And, and I think that in my mind, I can't speak for anyone else in the band, but in my mind I started going, well, if they're doing that to their main guys, you know, were they doing that to us? And, and I, I had a hard time kind of getting hold of people, um, up there, but you know, as an example, unfortunately, one of their artists just passed away. I don't know if you heard St. Dog, uh, Steve Thronson passed away. Yeah. You know, I, I shot, I shot a text to, uh, to uh kevin zinger our, our former manager and the, the owner of suburban noise just saying hey man you know i hope you're doing well through all this and he shot me a quick text back so i mean i, I think uh i don't think either of us is, is going to go through life worrying about holding a grudge it, it is right. what it is and i think we, we all tried our best i'm sure he would have loved to make mower into you know the next led zeppelin or the next rolling stones if he could have because it would have benefited him right. as well so i think we we're kind of all in it and, and you you know you try stuff man he tries stuff. I, you know, my only, my only thought with Suburban Noise, is I think we were not that we were not the band, that genre of music and the kind of people we were didn't jibe so much with what they were doing successfully. So that'd be my only take on it. But, you know, we didn't have a ton of labels coming at us. We had people looking at us and people were showing up at, 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 a, at showcases and stuff like that. But, you know, you got to deal with, you know. Kevin and those guys made an offer and they were doing really well with, with some bands that we liked. So, and I, you know, I, I called around to other bands and, you know, even, even Lucy's Fur code, I remember calling Charlie Ware, and I didn't know him, but I got his phone number and I said, Hey man, we're thinking about signing with uh, SRH Suburban Noise. What do you think? And I got, you know, I got a conversation with him saying, yeah, man, he put us in front of the right people. So, so like I say, I, I, looking back is like, you know, you're wasting your time looking back, look forward. <laughs>
0: right? Yeah not always easy but no regrets right
1: yeah no like i said dude we had two more had a blast <laughs> and the, and the fact that every single one of the members is still alive, you know it's right. uh, it's a gift so i'm happy i'm happy we're all doing well
0: i remember your live show man we got to shout out canes and you know the 710 beach club which i think it was a different name back in the day right is
1: that plum crazy? Uh, blind Melons. Blind Melons. I was. mixing I mean, our, up, yeah. our stomping ground. Eventually, Canes. Canes is one of the ones that that kind of was a good size where we're putting a thousand people in there. That that was, that was the stomping ground, brick by brick. You know, and a lot of people don't realize we toured forty eight states. The only place we didn't play was Alaska and Hawaii. And like on on the circuit, going through there every few months. So there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people in a, in a lot of other cities that no mower the way San Diego knows mower, And I don't think, I don't think local cats realize that cause we, you know, we didn't blow up and have a major label record or anything, but we, we did a lot of touring and had a lot of support. There were a lot of pockets of the country where, where we, uh, would go in and fill some clubs. So
0: what were a few of the most memorable shows you had with mower? Dude, there, you know,
1: for like, Oh wow, this is amazing. Look how many people there are. There were some shows in Denver where we, we played some pretty packed, um, Packed theaters. We played a few festivals at you know with ten thousand people, and and that kind of energy is insane. But the stuff that I always remember the stupid, stupid shows like the dude lighting his beard on fire and, and <laughs> in the front row of some little club and smelling the whole club up. And we had to get security to throw them out. The guitar players ready to throw up. And
0: <laughs> holy that, shit!
1: Yeah, that's the stuff I remember. <laughs> not, <laughs> not not that you know I they weren't all shows. I mean, we did, we had MTV come down and interview us and they they threw a clip, you know, we had like a, I don't know, whatever they do, the up-and-coming band piece. And, and we did have a video, we had a video spin on Headbangers Ball and stuff like that. You know, for us, I grew up on Headbangers Ball and a lot of my favorite bands were on Headbangers Ball. So just to have a video on there, even for a couple of spins, I don't think they they showed it more than a few weeks.
0: This is Rob Halford from Judas Priest and welcome to the Headbangers Ball. Three hours of primo lethal metal.
1: Uh, but that was really cool. You know, I remember we, we sat in Dominic's house drinking beers and, and waiting for it. And I think it came on after a Cradle of Filth video and then the video was on and the song was all of a minute and 50 seconds. So it was on and it was over and they were just sitting there drinking beers watching, <laughs> you know, the rest of Headbangers ball. But there there were a lot of moments like that, you know, and, and yeah. I mean, for a kid that grew up on Metallica and Slayer to, to uh, have kind of had... Uh, shows and, and uh, interactions with those people. You know, that, that was cool.
0: Yeah, that was my next uh, thing I was going to mention is uh, you you did open for Metallica, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, the Metallica one is kind of like, we we opened for Slayer. Like, actually, we're on the show on the same stage, played with Slayer at SOMA, and in the same week, right. we opened for Metallica and Godsmack, but, but we were actually on their uh, radio stage kind of outside, you know, so they had a big tent set up. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of a technicality. I mean, it, it, being truthful, we were, we were kind of doing the radio gig. But, you know, we got tickets tickets to the show. Lemmy came up and played a song at Metallica. It was all good. The power went out, of course, during our set. We wound up throwing, me and Dominic wound up throwing little kids off the stage into the audience just to kill <laughs> time while they were trying to sort out the power. Holy shit. Yeah. We were getting these little kids to volunteer. I mean, like I can't, um, the lawsuits that would happen today, we I mean, were literally <laughs> swinging them one, one, two, three and tossing them in the midair and the crowd would catch them. <laughs>
0: yes.
1: That was a Metallica show. Yeah. I think we played, uh, I want to say three against one. I don't know if you know Arno and Mark and those guys. Yeah, I was remember those guys. those guys. Yeah. Arno, Arno lived a block, about a block away from me up until very recently over in PB by the beach.
0: Red. So Slayer at Soma and the Metallica show. What venue was that?
1: Metallica was at the Sports Arena. I think I think got smacked open.
0: And they had a stage for you outside. So so a sold out show at main stage Soma, dude, with Slayer.
1: Yeah, you know I I gotta tell you that that'd be one of my kind of one of my proud moments because Slayer's audience doesn't give a fuck about who you are, and uh, we held our own. We had a really good set. Uh, the guys from Jaeger that, that got us on the show were super stoked. Um, you know, crowd went nuts. Lots of mosh pits. I mean, it was, you know, we had a lot of hometown love. We, we had the crowd packed with a lot of our friends and fans. So Hell yeah. So we probably had a home field advantage, but it went off really well. And, uh, you know, Brad. that 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 could have been one of those things where people just stand there and cross their arms and look at you and, you know, go get a drink or whatever, but it didn't go that way we had a really good set so that that was a highlight that and, and we managed to uh, sneak over to japan which was another wow. another huge highlight
0: how big was that fucking mosh pit at soma
1: insane you know I, it's funny i <laughs> I mean, there people that are going to a Slayer show don't need much of an excuse to mosh anyway. It's kind of <laughs> like the, they're ready to go. Let's throw people, but I, I've seen Slayer shows where there's like 10 mosh pits in the crowd and it's like, it's just insane to see that those guys have been had been seeing that for 40 years every night. Like that's, that's a sick energy, man.
0: I bet that's incredible, dude. It's nice to reminisce and look back with you. I'm sure it's kind of cool for you as well. Uh, and again, you're in a van. You're what's the, where are you at? Oklahoma.
1: Uh, we're in Oklahoma tonight. I got a br- brother out here. We're gonna gra- grab him, hit a steakhouse, and then you know, you remember Defrost? Dan Frost.
0: Of course, Dan Frost. Yes, yeah, dude. We're,
1: we're gonna we're probably gonna be uh, Halloween. We're gonna be in Nashville, Tennessee, with Defrost. So we're. I'm, I'm, uh, I guess I'm crossing the country, reconnecting with people, so that should be fun. Wow. Get a couple, couple other people. See, I'll tell him you said hello. He'd be a good interview, too. He's a maniac.
0: I will totally have to reach out to Dan Frost, dude. Yes. Keep
1: on chasing the
0: American. The most rockin' pianist to come from San Diego, man. Um, I'm glad you brought him up. So he's still active, right? I assume he's he's out there in Nashville.
1: Well, I mean, I don't know who's active now with the way the world is, but True. but I think he might have been. I know he's got a band room at his place, so I'm hoping we can get drunk and jam and do something. Do you remember when he did the, uh, what was it, Operation American Dream, where he, he had yep. a trailer and yep. he just pull up and, and, like, that was rad, dude.
0: Yeah, so he, he would play, he would just he had a trailer and yeah. he would load his piano and, and all his shit on the trailer and just pull up to different areas, right?
1: Well he had a he had a fake piano. He had a mock piano and then he would just have a keyboard, like an electric keyboard where the keys to the fake baby grand were. Wow. So it was it wasn't a real piano, it was like the shape of a piano and he'd pull up and arrange shows and parking lots. I mean it was it was rad. The idea was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, de- defrost is rad.
0: It's kind of cool to look back and know that we got to uh, experience some of the cool shit before this year, right because <laughs> who knows where music is headed I mean, I think things will get back to normal, but uh, I look back to like the P b shows that we had and and street scenes and uh, all these festivals and it was it was just incredible, man
1: yeah people are chomping at the bit for that and I think I think if we're fortunate and you know being optimistic, a lot of a lot of bands are going to put out some amazing music because they've got time. I mean, they've been sitting there, yeah. hopefully, in garages and in studios and and crafting music and, and albums and songs and and are going to put out some cool stuff um, as a result of being cooped up.
0: Yeah, and plenty of subject material this year, dude. You know, <laughs> eh,
1: no, dude, too much. Really, I like I say, you know, the one thing I, I haven't, I haven't had cable forever, I, I'm kind of I'm unplugged, I don't, I mean, aside from me posting, posting photos on Instagram of random crap, um, I don't have social media and I'm just, I'm not, I'm not barraged by tons and tons of negativity and I think, uh, I think that would be my, that would be sh- my strong advice to people is just unplug from all that crap, be with your family and your friends and just stay positive and, and you know, get out and s- see the world travel you know you can you can eliminate a lot of racism and a lot of problems by meeting people from all over the place and realizing that everybody's everybody's goals and hopes and dreams are the same whether it's here or, yeah you know europe or or elsewhere
0: yeah couldn't agree more i'm looking at a guy right now uh in a hockey mask in a van is that your boy
1: yeah that's my buddy george 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 and i met he basically rolled up the block. He, was, he lived down the end of the block and rolled up on a yellow, a yellow bike with a bicycle seat. And uh, I was, on, I think, I was in my front lawn. I wasn't, I, I wasn't allowed to wander as far as he was. Yeah. And uh, he just rolled up and said, "Hi, I'm George." I'm like, "Hi, I'm Brian." <laughs> 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 and now we're into like a fourth decade of friendship or whatever. So um, right. yeah, we we definitely uh, we're having fun making making new uh, new adventures, and we have a lot to. Uh, to rib each other about. So it's, it's been a lot of fun.
0: And no concrete plans to really make your way back. You're, you're sort of unsure how, how much longer this will last.
1: I mean, a lot of that depends on how the world looks, you know, in the next year. I, I, am someone that I would like to go and take a few months and go down to South America and get an apartment down there and just, and just live there, you know? Yeah. Um, and see, see what the music scene is like in other countries. You know, can I get a band together or get people together or get a producer together, um, elsewhere? And, and try something that isn't in the States. I like traveling a lot. We'll see how it goes. And, you know, I, I want to see where my parents are at. They're, uh, they're both, uh, you know, 80 and above. And, uh, and I have to kind of see how things yeah. are with them right now. They're healthy. And, uh, you know, you gotta got a family first it too. So, All right. We'll see. We'll see. I, I have, I, I basically sold off everything down to about a, a duffel bag and a backpack. So I can go wherever I want to go, right which on, is a nice dude. feeling. They're right definitely on. very light.
0: That's very cool. Uh, a line from Fight Club always comes to mind. You know, your, your possessions that you own end up owning you or something to that effect. Murder, crime, poverty, these things don't concern me. What concerns me are celebrity magazines, television with 500 channels, some guy's name on my underwear, Rogaine, Viagra, Lester, Martha Stewart. The things you own end up owning you.
1: With, with certainty, with everything that I got rid of, in my apartment, it just opened up bandwidth in my brain. It was one less thing I had to think about, whether it was a book or a chair or an air conditioner or whatever the hell it wow. was. As it went out the door and became someone else's problem, it was just one less thing that I had to worry about. But there, the the flip side to that is when you go to scramble an egg and you realize that you don't have your <laughs> you don't have your <laughs> frying pan anymore. You're like oh right. shit, that's gone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm I, I said this before. I'm envious. My my one of my dreams is to. Just do what you're doing in an RV. Buy an RV. Uh, I have a wife and and daughter.
1: Yeah, you'd be surprised how how, how two or three people could get along in an RV. You know, just w- waking up in different spots. It's it's uh, yeah. It's good for the soul, man. It's definitely good for the soul.
0: Yeah, you got to choose the right person to do that with, huh? You must really uh, trust your your buddy. <laughs> yeah,
1: and like I say, both of us can can do without a lot, so it makes it a lot easier. We're not full of clutter.
0: Can't know someone what right on Brian it uh, sounds like you're doing well dude it's nice to catch up uh, again we the saw same. each other in January man it is nice to see you there um, your podcast by the way is that going to be audio or video or
1: we're gonna do audio for the sake that I don't really want to edit video rolling around a van right um, so the street that George and I grew up on was Buechler Place. That's B-E-U-C-L-E-R. So we're, we're going under Buechler Brothers. BuechlerBrothers.com. Bukler, I've actually got to jump on a call with GoDaddy and get a quick WordPress set up. So that'll be up this week at some point. And, and uh, we're going to knock out our third attempt at our first podcast because we've had a bunch of technical uh, difficulties with mics and wires and shit like that. But we got it all sorted out. And uh, the two that we did so far had us laughing. Of course, we were <laughs> sitting there drinking and doing them. But there, there's some funny stuff.
0: Hell yeah! I don't know if you've tuned into Tom Green and what he's doing, but he's basically doing what you guys are doing, but but video, you know, on YouTube. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, his, his he was one of the big guys early on with podcasting. Man, he had his own server set up. Like he, he definitely he was on the forefront. You know, everyone talks about Joe Rogan, but Tom Green was was uh, one of the one of the first guys to to kind of do podcasting. Uh, on a big scale. Um, I mean, he had a show broadcast from his living room at one point, point. it was wires and dollies and cameras and everything all over the place. What's up, YouTube? It's Tom. I'm excited. I'm going to start posting a lot more on YouTube.
0: I'm building up the Webovision studio. Thank Dude, you. I
1: think this oh, is was so, fucking awesome.
0: Thank you, man. See, so no I mean this is the craziest thing ever. He was one of the godfathers. He was on Rogan. Uh, I assume yeah. you watched a little bit of that, but yeah, they kind of talk about that. Um But yeah, what a fun experience for you, man. You asshole. No. <laughs>
1: yeah. Dude, yeah, you know, just start selling everything you own. <laughs> right.
0: I I've fucking thought about it. Uh, I'm yeah. not going to lie. I've, uh, that thought crosses my mind. Uh, you're in a position to do this too. And you capitalize on that.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of by design. I mean, I definitely have lived my life kind of in a gone in 60 seconds kind of, uh, yeah. kind of way. So, and yeah. that's not for everybody. You know, it's not for everybody. There's a lot of things I, I won't have uh, that other people have living like that, but you know, sure.
0: sure. So no kids, huh, Brian, no kids, no wife. I never wrote a big enough hit single to find
1: out. I don't know if I have kids. <laughs> to the best of my knowledge, I don't. Yep, yep. I'm chasing I'm into well into my fifth decade, but I, with the right person, I would, I would definitely, uh, I would definitely do that because I think kids are are rad. They're yeah. absolutely hysterical, and uh, <laughs> they're cool, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe adopt one down in South America, dude.
1: <laughs> Could be. Could be. Sky's sky's the limit, man.
0: Sky's the limit. <laughs> All right, we'll wrap it up here with a quick dream segment uh, with you, Brian. Dreaming, if you could tour with any current band.
1: The Rolling Stones.
0: Rolling Stones, boom, easy. If you won the lottery tomorrow, what's the first thing you buy? Talking about material items and how unnecessary they are. Plant tickets. Plant tickets. To where?
1: How much money did I win? (laughs) <laughs> and i could buy plane ticket after plane ticket after plane ticket and just pick up what i need along on the way right and if i won if i won a ton of cash i would probably set up a, a good studio environment and yep. then uh hired guns man hired guns i put together put together a band they get a paycheck i direct it do what i want no <laughs> argument soul soul visionary I'm I'm footing the bill and and knock out some music. I mean that would be oh, yeah. that would be what I would do if I won the lottery. I did win the lottery a couple of days ago.
0: Did you?
1: How much did you win? I won twelve dollars. Yeah. a three dollar ticket in Arizona. <laughs> my buddy, I don't play the the lottery. I think it's a sucker tax. But my buddy Victor, who I know probably thirty years in California, said you should play the Powerball in every state. So uh, the couple of places I've remembered, I bought a ticket. And uh, thanks, Vic. I'm up nine bucks. <laughs>
0: yeah. Congratulations. Gas money.
1: Yeah. Next three next three lottery tickets are paid for. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, if you performed on Saturday Night Live, who would host and what song would you play? So what is a song? What's your favorite song that you've written?
1: Probably an audio addiction song. Unfortunately, no one's really heard it because we didn't release it. But there was a, there was a song called 20 Years Ago. That I uh, wrote with the guys. Uh, there is a version of it recorded, but it's only demo style. That was a great song. And then uh, the host just hosted. W- w- would more than likely be Bill Burr.
0: Bill Burr. There you yeah. go. All yeah, right, that, you're he, a big he, fan. He would
1: be, and I, like I said, he just hosted, but that would have been one of the top three because the guy's hysterical.
0: I love how he just doesn't give a fuck and he's just not PC at all. And then if you don't wear a mask, that doesn't bug me either, right? Take out your grandparents. You know, take out your weak cousin with the asthma. I don't care. It's your decision. There's too many people. It's a dream come true.
1: Yeah, he's sharp too and super observant. You know, I mean, that's the great thing. It's one of those things where he tells a joke and you're like, yeah, "Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I see it." Yeah. How about you, man? Who? What's, oh, what's okay. your dream? What's your dream band to uh, to, to open up for or share the stage with?
0: Oh, God. For what I've been doing for 20 years, I would think the epitome would have to be like Green Day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I met those cats at a meet and greet. Super nice people, but <laughs> you could tell they were just like, oh, this is fun.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. I could imagine they have some stories. Yeah. I saw them and uh, their side project at Belly Up Tavern, but... But, um, yeah, someone like that, you know, a fucking Blink. You know, I've always kind of been the pop punk kind of guy.
1: Yeah, well, those would be two of the big ones in that, right? in that area. But,
0: yeah, also Rise Against, you know, to, to oh, bring bad. it a little harder. They, they'd be sick.
1: Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome.
0: Yeah. If you could bring a musician back from the dead for one final concert.
1: That's a good one, man. Uh, my first, I'd probably say Jim Morrison. Yes. I, that, that is me thinking as a fifth grader. I, I bought... Well, my grandmother bought me. She didn't know what she was buying me, but she bought me No One Here Gets Out Alive, which was the the Sugarman uh, autobiography uh, of Jim Morrison. And I did a book report on that book from fifth grade until the middle of college. Every year I would do a book report on No One Here Gets Out Alive, and I, I can't find any copies of the book reports. How great it would be to see what I thought each year as I, as I grew a little, little older about No One Here Gets Out Alive.
0: <laughs> right. If you could wave a magic wand and make one band or musician never exist, who would it be? <laughs> Dude. I mean, I,
1: as much as I dislike country stuff, I, I wouldn't do that. You know, I, I, there's, room for, there's room for everybody. I would, I would probably, you know, wave the flag of you suck around proudly for whatever band I didn't like, but, yeah. but everybody, you know, that band might be the best band on earth to some person that needs it. So right. it takes all kinds.
0: Good answer. You're too damn nice, Brian.
1: Uh, that's what everyone says about me. Super, super nice guy with a great temper. That's what has always been said. And a real pleasure to, pleasure to be around when I've had nine or 12 scotches, too.
0: I sense sarcasm.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm dealing it out.
0: Yeah. Uh, last question, brother. Where would you like to be in five years?
1: Where would I like to be in five years? Uh, you know, doing what I'm doing, traveling. And yeah. you know, and hopefully, hopefully, traveling behind some kind of uh, creation, whether whether I get the book out there or uh, the podcast. I, mean, I like the idea of kind of rolling around doing a podcast, and Fuck then yeah. uh, you know, if I can get back into music and, and tour, and the and the, world's, the world's set up for that, and anybody cares to come listen, I would do that. So you know, I, my my focus hasn't really changed. We were talking about jobs. Every job I've taken has been trying to save money to do music or something creative. So yeah. every, every one of them, that's the end game. And I guess, you know, that's what I need to start focusing on again is how to how to, how to to put some food in my belly and uh, right. jump around and entertain people.
0: Yeah. What's your podcast going to be called?
1: Buechler Brothers. B-E-U-C-L-E-R Brothers. Buechler Brothers.
0: Hit me up if you have any questions, man. I've been doing this for a couple of years. It's fun. Uh, we usually have people over to the uh, Palapa. I think you know that. Yeah. But uh, the world is all covid and different. So...
1: I got you, man. I'm I'm I'm, uh, I'm very thankful that uh, yes, sir. You extended the offer, and uh, I'm also happy that I finally got a little experience with this little Podtrack P4, so I should be able to send you a nice, clean wave, uh, and it'll sound good, and people won't have to hear scratches and noises and interference and crap like that. So
0: your audio sounds surprisingly good through the phone. I, I could totally use that, but what you're doing is you have a mic over there, right? In your van or wherever you are and you're recording your voice. You're going to send it to me and then I'll edit it up and release it to you listening.
1: Cool, man. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm sitting here holding us up. We're trying to get the tires rotated out of Walmart. We've been in and out of Walmart's Flying Jays and... Uh, and like circle k's that those are our our homes outside the van to to get supplies
0: are you sleeping in hotels or are you in the van
1: no man we're sleeping on uh in this instance blm means bureau of land management so they've got uh sites where you just pull out onto off-road and uh you're you're under the stars man there's no no bathrooms there's nothing you know you just pull the Pull the vehicle up and set up your generator, and uh, try not to freeze your ass off.
0: Wow! I will have to keep in touch with you. I wasn't aware of that. Is there a website where you can find those BLM areas?
1: I feel like it, I feel like it's blm.gov. Okay, I want to say it's blm.something.
0: And are they crowded? I wouldn't imagine too crowded, but are people around you?
1: No, it's 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 called dispersed camping. So there's there's kind of every block or so. There's someone else that has set up a, a site.
0: Wow free of charge
1: yeah yeah it's pretty cool the only cost is your sanity <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's got to be pretty cool man generator run uh, in your van there has got to be some interesting and, and beautiful nights uh, on the road yeah
1: Oh, man, we, we've, we've seen a lot of awe-inspiring nature. So yeah. that's that's the plus, man. Get out there and, and look up and look over the ocean and look in the forest. Just just look around, man. Look around. Whoa, life's good.
0: Look at it. Take a look at it.
1: <laughs> yeah, even in our, even in the, the crazy times, life's still good. It's, it's where you're looking.
0: Totally, dude. Yeah. Dude, great chat, Brian. All the best to you, brother. Nice to uh, catch up. And uh, be safe out there. Be safe on the road.
1: All right, brother. Thanks for the well wishes. I appreciate it. Good luck with the podcast. I love what you're doing.
0: Thank you, sir. We'll keep in touch. This